Hi there, and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience and dealing with the challenges and opportunities that modern day life likes to throw at us. I'm Bethan Vincent, and I'm going to be your host for this series. And in each episode, I interview someone new about their strategies and tactics for dealing with challenge and how they've overcome some of the toughest moments of their lives and careers. This week, I'm interviewing Alex Burbage. Now, with a long corporate career behind him, Alex has taken the recent deep dive into entrepreneurship, setting himself up as a wellness coach, alongside having still a foot in health and safety. Hi, Alex. Yeah, hi, Bethan. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Yeah, I've had quite a varied career. Currently, well, recently I... I took the leap after 16 years in the corporate world to set up two businesses. One is um, a wellness business. It does a bit with coaching, kind of training for for corporate businesses and SMEs about um, some of its resilience, some of it's more to do with kind of happiness and hacks, how to get the best out of yourself. And obviously that helps the company. And the other one's sort of fairly well linked is like a safety management company. And we really focus on training and a bit of consultancy. Oh, that's awesome. And so have you found it a very big leap kind of jumping into the world of self-employment after 16 years? I think, do you know what? I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to take the leap. And, you know, when people say to you, it takes a year, it takes three years, it takes five years to actually know that you have a business. And I never, ever thought, I thought, do you know what? I can smash it. I can absolutely kill it in the first, <laughs> the first month, the first sort of like six months. And they were absolutely right. It's actually about time. It's not pushing yourself too much before you burn out and realize you can't do everything in the first six months. You've, you've really, you just got to pace yourself. I think that was the key I've taken away from it. It's, it's actually very similar to corporate life, or, but you've got to be on your A game. But actually, it's a kind of like you can self-regulate a lot more. And I do. So I'm, I'm really in tune with it at the moment. Oh, that's really interesting. And by self-regulate, what, what do you kind of mean by that? Well, before, I think when I was climbing the corporate ladder, I would just be quite hard-nosed and sort of say to myself, right, well, I'm going to get that next level and I'm just going to chip away at it. and I'm going to really go for it. And so every day was I was trying to get feedback constantly from people I was kind of like a proper feedback junkie and whether that was from a director that was from my peers or my boss or or people below me I always wanted feedback and I thrived on it whether it's a negative or or positive but you don't get that (laughs) you have to self-regulate yourself and you have to be quite compassionate to yourself and say this this isn't going to work today not feeling it today just basically I have a you could either put the analogy you put on the brakes, which sounds a bit, you know, kind of negative. Or you could actually just say, Do you know, what? I'm just going to slow the pace down, refuel, recharge and go again stronger tomorrow. And it's kind of giving yourself the compassion, I guess, to be able to say like, hey, you've done everything you can do. Just take a step back, focus on yourself, relax a little bit, um, because I know that you do kind of stress management coaching. And just to give a bit of context for listeners, like I, I've known Alex for a while and I've actually used his coaching services personally. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to invite him on the show, just because I got a lot of value from almost dumping all my stuff on you. That sounds really bad, but I do feel it was a bit of that. And yeah, and just kind of having that, you you were a very compassionate almost listener 
to some of my more <laughs> neurotic worries, I guess. So um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about maybe some of the common themes you, you see from clients dealing with, I guess, really intense career pressures, maybe stress at home and all of that. I think every client's different. They have um, different needs. They have different situations. They've had different life experiences. Um, my kind of obviously coaching is more about the sort of stress standards that the HSE kind of like have deployed many, many years ago. And it's all about looking at, you know, people wanting more control in their lives when they don't feel they have control, then, you know, they exhibit kind of symptoms of stress, anxiety. Um, you know, and my theory is that, you know, the more, um, you allow yourself to be aware of if you're if you're wanting too much control in a situation then you know it, it, it almost has a real negative effect so my kind of take on a lot of the problems that people are facing is that actually it's that inner voice it's that inner voice of you know i need to take more control or i'm not good enough um, i worry about what other people think about me um, i think the younger generation always worry about you know earning enough money having having a, a place in, in in you know on Instagram or on on LinkedIn and, and getting you know sort of recognized as a either an expert or a key person you know kind of like their profile and I think as you, you get older it's more of the health issues it's more of the the kind of you know your longevity um, and then other pressures come along as well so you know as you go as you get older it's kind of like you know more of the family family problems but essentially everyone is different but there are sort of set themes which I kind of talked about just a few minutes ago. So when clients come to you and they are kind of really under this pressure are there any practical techniques so you've talked about kind of being a bit more compassionate but there's anything kind of practically you can suggest that they can do to take control of the situation? I think first of all you've got to know yourself you know you've got to you know we we, we put them through um, a bit of analysis using the sort of six pillars of wellness. Um, and we, and we, and we look at what, what they do in terms of, you know, aspects of their life. It might be that they don't feel that they know really what they're doing in terms of their purpose or their values, you know, and, and, and they're just sort of like, you know, on the hamster wheel and they don't really know where they're going. Or it might be that, you know, as well as that, they might have, completely switched off and to sort of like their community and their relationships and and wherever it takes them it's normally because they're probably neglecting one area of their life that they actually do value and it's just working out what that might be so you know if it is you know they're working and it's all about money it's all about that uh extrinsic value that bigger house do you know what? Actually, it might be that you need to move more back to um, an intrinsic uh, way of thinking, whereby love relationships need to be more at the forefront. And that's what's missing in their life. So it's just about putting them through some really practical kind of tests, you know, um, analysis, and then letting them work out what really is missing for them. And then just kind of moving towards that so practically wise, I think exercise is one of the key things. You, you're, you're an advocate, aren't you? Um, mm, like definitely. Cross, CrossFit and things like that, that kind of style of training where you're with people. So you have the community aspects, but you're also pushing your body. And, you know, if you were 
ever to speak to a Tibetan monk, um, you know, and, and if he if he did exercise, he'd probably, you know, either running or whatever, whatever they're doing, they'd probably say, you know, do your exercise first before you meditate. Don't don't try and just become a meditation master <laughs> overnight. <laughs> go go for that running because it's almost an instant hit, an instant way of feeling better rather than sort of going off on some journey to calm your mind any other way where we naturally should be moving so my thing is you need to get your your, your um, exercise right and that will help you sleep better if you sleep better that'll probably calm you down as well and i know you've had a very varied career and you've kind of been involved in some very high profile businesses really at that kind of exec top level and when you've come across really high performers what are the kind of qualities you think have made them high performers you know the people who are killing it i guess in their careers yeah the, i mean there's there's people that are high performers and they they live and breathe it at that corporate level they 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 talk about their families but if they could trade um you know a week in the sunshine or a week at work and kind of getting that next level of status or that next promotion they'd stay at work and there's you know they might be killing it but <laughs> in a way they're kind of killing themselves because well, well i think in the short term they do really well you know they they are high performers i've got people you know names of people in my head that i go do you know what if they were in my team or they were next to me you know going into some kind of negotiation i'd want them every day of the week um so yes they, they are super super focused more focused on their career than their, their families and they do achieve great results and also investors and their senior leaders love them they're mm -hmm. dependable so you know they will eventually get to the top or get to where they want to be in that corporate setting um but there's others that i think are more balanced you know they're they're really good they've got really good soft skills they can negotiate really well so those people that are saying yes 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 and then just you know are there you know you know I'd, i had people that were working for me that were getting up at four o'clock in the morning i never asked them to do that or they'd work until four o'clock in the morning to get some spreadsheet finished and i would always say you don't have to do that but i oh, know i want to do it i want to do that because then i want you to look good in front of your boss and you know i'd always say look you know so-and-so has been grafting on this but others wouldn't, you know, so it's like, who's your boss? How are you going to get those people the plaudits they want? But also, if you look at the real cool, calm customers, they're generally people with amazing soft skills, mm -hmm. amazing negotiation skills. They can just walk into a room and they can just create that kind of like confidence in them. And, you know, they just they get to that next level, but they, they just have that. I don't know what it is. It's that gravitas, isn't it? It's like something that they're they're good at they make you feel special and they make you want to work for them and they do it in a really effortless way <laughs> it's annoying <laughs> those perfect people you're like how do they do that that's incredible <laughs> yeah I think they're just really well-rounded and I think they know their limitations uh, and um, you know they're normally I've seen normally from a finance background that they've done really well in in their own um, profession but have been able to kind of like have those soft skills and then come through and just you know create another kind of role they're normally like a ceo role
is there a time that you can think of that you've kind of dealt with a very difficult situation and I was wondering if you could kind of um, let us know a bit about that and how you came through it or overcame it yeah I mean I, I've got to be honest I didn't have a great start um, at school you know I, my father was in the civil service he was you know my father didn't I think really deep down felt that he didn't have any value to add to to kind of like his in his profession he was like always driven to kind of show people he was he was good enough and um you know I, I was watching him do that but at the same time I, I didn't really have my eye on my own sort of education we moved to Germany Cyprus and around the UK and it was really quite disruptive for me so when I left school I actually left with no qualifications and wow. I was really on the scrap heap I can remember finishing school and you know when you get your kind of your results you used to come in a kind of a piece of paper and you'd pull it back and, you know, almost like a, um, a bank statement or a, a wage slip. And years ago, you'd pull it back and you'd go, oh, no, <laughs> it's like, oh, crap. This is what I've got after being at school until the age of 16. So I could leave at 16. I just looked at it and I was like, I am on I, I am on the scrap heap. I'm right at the bottom of the hierarchy, the social hierarchy, you know. And what I did was I just thought I just got to get a job. So I went to the college I said you know who's taking on apprentice apprenticeships and they said you know there's all these the, these um, firms in in Lincoln which is you know Lincoln and Lincolnshire you know still in the UK I was like I've just got to go around with my CV so I literally got a CV together my dad pretty much typed it up for me and I just walked around garages in Lincoln you know car garages because I, I didn't know anything about cars but I thought you know I like cars <laughs> it's like give yeah. me a job I just need a job um, and I got this job at this uh, Suzuki dealer, which was an ex BMW dealer in Lincoln. But when I walked in there, I felt even worse because I just couldn't see myself being the dealer principal who had like all these kind of targets to hit. He was quite smooth. He had the best company car. He was, you know, dealing with multi million pounds worth of like new cars. And I just felt like I didn't have any value. I couldn't speak to him. There was a massive hierarchy. I was I was right low down there and it it, it was honest, honestly I, I just thought god is this it is this all I'm gonna make of myself and you know I I, I must admit I, I liked a good drink back then and I partied hard and I probably wasn't the best employee but I was kind of like numbing out on the fact is that I didn't have any self-worth and I just decided that you know I'll, I'll carry on at college and it was just the, the the lowest course you can think of it i think it was like wasn't even sitting gills level one or wasn't even at that level and the teacher just said to me what, what are you doing in this class like you have brain power what are you doing i said i don't know he said just try and try and try and i just i think it was just you know you have a lecturer or you have someone that always sort of sees the best in you he just said, just keep going, keep going. I keep failing all these exams. It's so embarrassing. He kept failing. And it was like, you just got to apply yourself in a different way. And, you know, I ended up sort of finishing it. I went on and did a, a an engineering qualification and then a management qualification all at night school for five long years. And I, I hated it. But then in the end, it got me a ticket to go to university and there was a girl my girlfriend at the time was at university and I saw her lifestyle and I thought do you know what if that's a lifestyle and I can learn a bit more do you know what that's the ticket out of here and I think now social inequality and economic inequality is all based on your value 
in the system and your value only increases if you get a good education yeah wow thank you that's a really powerful story thank you for sharing that people have their own sort of take on resilience and it's one of those words that's kind of thrown about a little bit and you know for me my take on it is you you have to kind of understand what works for you I think a lot of people will go on kind of have a resilience workshop or they will you know they will try something that you know that might not work and then they'll 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 feel god you know that's just like knock me down again and, and that doesn't work you know there's kind of quite negative kind of connotations behind that but actually it might be that your resilience comes from you know your family it might be you know your resilience comes from you know your your exercise or you know the the the, the hobbies that you do you know it might be your resilience comes from something that you already do or something that you wanted to go back to something that you enjoy doing so you know someone says you know get on a bike and you know, do do a six hour bike ride at the weekend, that'll that'll make you feel better. Well actually it might do, but it also you might hate it. So do something that you love, you know, and you and you you find it exciting and fun. I think and, and have a laugh as well. You know, you're like, we're on this this planet for, you know, a short period of time, aren't we? So just pick what pick what makes you laugh and you have good fun. And and that's what I would say. So thanks very much for having me. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. So uh, it's Alex uh, Burbage, B-U-R-B-I-D-G-1. Um, that's my Twitter handle. Or you can go to bigsmiles.co where I'm writing uh, about, um, you know, a little bit about resilience, but more about stress, more about, you know, how to kind of deal with loneliness at work and things like that. So a whole range of, of, of things um, re- related to exactly what you're talking about, Bethan. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on the show. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed it, dear listener. You can like, um, you can't like, this is on YouTube. You can subscribe to this podcast, The Brave, on uh, Apple Podcasts or the podcast player of your choice. If you want to find out a little bit more about me, you can follow me on Twitter at Beth and Vincent. I also have a website kind of blog at bethandvincent.com. And I hope to see you back again next week. <laughs>